the midst of the streaming wars, Paramount Plus often gets lost in the shuffle, but you can't chalk it up to just being the Star Trek service anymore. Let's run through some of the big announcements from yesterday. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Day of the Charge. Joining me to talk about Paramount Plus is CNET streaming services expert, Joan Salzman. Welcome, Joan. Hi. So Paramount Plus often gets lost in the shuffle when we talk about leaders like Netflix or Disney Plus. Uh, and it also went through this rebranding from CBS All Access a while back. So the name recognition might not be up there with some of the others, but we actually got a sense of how big it is from last night's presentation, right? Yeah, so for the first time, Paramount, the parent company of Paramount Plus, revealed Paramount Plus's specific subscriber base, which was 32.8 million. Now, when you put that up against something like Netflix, which has 221.8 million, or even Disney Plus, which is, you know, like Paramount Plus, more more recent of a service, Disney Plus has 129.8 million going up against Paramount Plus's 32.8. But you you know, while that's smaller than those two, those two really are Netflix is the market leader and Disney Plus has been the breakaway hit of these new crop of streaming services. So if you compare it to something like Peacock, which is NBC Universal streaming service, Peacock only has 9 million paid members. They have people that use it for free, but in terms of paying people, they have 9 million to to Paramount Plus is 32, almost 33 million. So it does sort of put it at the lower end middle. It has it as a contender, but it's clearly not, you know, punching in a weight class like Disney Plus. Right. And it's important to keep in mind that uh, Paramount Plus, uh, especially if you count its CBS All Access days, has been around a lot longer than some of these other services, right? It just didn't have a, as high a profile, correct? Right. Yeah. I believe that CBS All Access, which was the precursor to Paramount Plus, I believe it launched even before HBO had a streaming service, like not HBO Max, but before they had even HBO Now or HBO Go, the version where you could just stream HBO if you subscribed to HBO on a device. It, it really was one of the earliest, CBS All Access was one of the earliest ones, but it has also, as you've said, kind of gotten lost in the shuffle because CBS hasn't put as much emphasis in developing it as early as or as aggressively as some of these other newer streaming services have. Right, and, and that, that kind of changed over the last year, I would say. They've definitely put a lot more muscle or more interesting programming behind it. Uh, and then last night, they unveiled even more. What were some of the highlights? Well, last night, I would say one of the main takeaways was that they're going to be investing. They're just going to be throwing money at Taylor Sheridan, who is the creator of Yellowstone. Yellowstone is the biggest show on cable TV. It's on Paramount's cable network called Paramount Network. And even though it's not actually on Paramount Plus, they're making they're already making one prequel to that's airing now, available now on Paramount Plus. They're going to make a second prequel series. So, point 1, they're throwing money at Taylor Sheridan to create some sort of attention audience around this Yellowstone verse. Well, and, and, and I want to get into that just a little bit because, uh, frankly, Yellowstone is its one of those shows that I know is, is a massive hit, yet none of my friends know about it. If you ask my parents, they wouldn't know about it. Like, just a quick summary for folks who don't know. Like, what What is it about and, and why is it so popular? Yeah, Yellowstone, for the completely uninitiated, Yellowstone is a drama. It's a family drama, sort of like a, a hour-long family drama 
soap opera about a very wealthy family that owns what's known as the Yellowstone Ranch right near the actual Yellowstone National Park. And it's about, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, what's the show that, uh, it's kind of like secession, but for middle America. It's like a lot of like backstabbing among family members, a lot of like drama in terms of, um, you know, very rich people trying to do things that are really bad and evil. Um, and then there's also the element, there's also sort of the people that live in the bunkhouse, the cowboys that work on the ranch, in addition to the owners of the ranch and the family that own it, that owns it. And that's interesting. And the other interesting aspect, as you, you noted, it's on the Paramount Network, the, the cable network, uh, but it's not on Paramount Plus, right? It's on, it's on another service. Like, uh, And I think this is why some folks are probably confused about streaming services in general, like shows that you think would be on one service aren't like, could you just explain like what the issue is with Yellowstone and Paramount Plus? Yeah. And this touches on sort of the second theme from last night's presentation. So other services, take Disney, for example, Disney Plus has been very assertive in getting back the rights to content that people associate with Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, its theatrical releases. It's been very aggressive at getting the rights back to those that it had previously licensed out. For years, for example, Disney let Netflix be the first place that you could stream um, or watch on a streaming service or on a television network, the first place you could watch any Disney theatrical movie. That was a very lucrative deal for Disney, Netflix paid a lot of money for it, but in the run-up to launching Disney+, Plus, Disney was like, we need to have that, we need to own it, it needs to be on our service, we can't be sending what should be our customers over to Netflix to watch our movies. CBS, Viacom CBS, aka what's now known as Paramount, has been the opposite of that. They have not been aggressive at all about getting those rights back, and they struck this deal right about a year before Paramount+, Plus launched or rebranded CBS All Access into Paramount Plus. They struck this deal with Peacock, that smaller rival, that Peacock would be the exclusive place to stream Yellowstone. Not the new episodes, but basically when uh, you know when a show goes off its main cable network or its main broadcast network, the first place and only place that you get to stream it. Last night, Paramount showed that it was willing to claw back some rights to some things like like South Park. South Park is streaming over at HBO Max and over the next few years they're going to let that deal lapse and they're going to be bringing South Park eventually entire, you know, catalog of South Park back to Paramount Plus. But they haven't said that about Yellowstone. Bob Backish was asked about what's the deal with Yellowstone and he said that this strategy of being very aggressive in investing in spinoffs and sequels and prequels and sort of things that are in the same sort of vein as Yellowstone has been, quote unquote, working well. But to your point, it's really confusing if you're a fan or even just interested in watching Yellowstone of figuring out where the heck you go to find it because it's the one thing that people associate most closely with the Paramount name right now in television. Right. And so, I mean, you mentioned South Park. I'm just curious, what what are some of the other highlights or or themes that uh, you saw from yesterday's presentation? Well, certainly the fact that 
Paramount is now willing, maybe not to a Yellowstone extent, but they're now willing to stop, to forsake some of that licensing revenue that they get by licensing out really popular properties and bringing them into their own service, which is a signal that they are going to be willing to start being more aggressive in making Paramount Plus a real competitor to things like HBO Max um, and Disney Plus. I would also note that they also said they're going to be not for everybody, but integrating a way for Showtime programming. So like Yellow Jackets and the new Dexter show, being able to watch that programming within Paramount Plus itself. If you are a dual subscriber, you basically have a bundle of Paramount Plus and Showtime. You won't have to switch apps if you want to go from one to the others. Showtime being the premium cable network that is also owned by the same company. So that was interesting too, that they're going to be not only bringing back stuff that they associate, that you would associate like South Park, that you associate with this company that's created by this company, but they're also going to be bringing all the stuff from Showtime over into Paramount Plus too. And what about the, the movie slate? Like did they talk about movies and what that strategy might look like? And if like we might see something like what HBO Max did where films premiered day and date alongside services and theaters? They didn't, they were pretty quiet on that front, which I thought was surprising, but in a way, not surprising. For sure, I think nobody should be expecting that we're going to have another HBO Max phenomenon of 2021, where the entire slate of a major studio's films are put day and date, same day streaming release on a streaming service. Because, I mean, just recently, even though we're past that year where HBO Max and Warner Brothers were doing that, in 2021, they still got they. There was another lawsuit filed against Warner Media, the company that 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 runs them, about because a lot of people in Hollywood, producers, talent, filmmakers, directors, agents, they were really upset about that strategy, even though it worked out really well for HBO Max. Paramount Plus, they didn't specify if they're going to be changing the windows of how long their movies get theatrical exclusives or not. In the past, they've generally, they've released a couple family movies day and date, same day streaming, like the Paw Patrol movie they did last year. Um, So some family films they've released same day, and that might happen again. They didn't specify. Other movies, their practice has been to give a theatrical movie at least 45 days only in theaters before it comes to Paramount Plus. But what I thought was kind of noticeably absent was any sort of clarification about how they're approaching that, which I think really speaks to the fact that studios still just don't know what the new normal is going to look like. And so it seems like Paramount Plus isn't really staking a ground yet in what you can expect in terms of how long you have to wait till you can just stream that movie. Got it. Uh, and. and- Specifically the programming, any other, I guess, highlights? I know they teased Halo a while back. Any news on that front uh, or any other shows that are noteworthy? Right, yeah. Well, I know you're a big fan of Halo. You're interested in this (laughs) I am. I am. Guilty. So Halo, um, of course, it's an original series based on the popular video game. Its first season hasn't even emerged yet. It hasn't even been released, but they've already greenlit a second season for Halo. So Roger, you're going to get lots of Halo. It's it's going to be coming. Two seasons worth. Whether or not, whether it's good or bad, you're going to get it. Right. <laughs> and then in terms of some other things, you know, it's a pretty diverse programming company. You know, Paramount is the owner of Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central. They also do a lot in terms of sports and CBS. I'm 
pardon me, Paramount Plus, is one of those few services that does have a live television network stream available. If you're on the higher tier, you can get things like um, NFL games. You can watch live programming that's on the CBS network on Paramount Plus. And so with the programming announcements that they did announce, I mean, it spanned all those different elements of the company. You know, they had programming announcements in young adult, in kids, in family, in sports, all all encompassing. But in terms of the geeky stuff that you and our audience may care about, yes, there's going to be two seasons of, of Halo. <laughs> and I guess lastly, because I, I made the crack about it being the Star Trek network, did they actually offer any updates on Star Trek in the presentation? I think that they... I think that they showed um, some unseen footage from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Is that the name of the title? Uh, yes, I believe so. The The new one with Captain Pike. Yep. Yes. Yes. This is where I'm out of my depth because I'm like, I don't know who <laughs> Captain Pike is. But um, they showed some new footage only to like people that were on this dedicated investor stream. Ah, right. Some new footage of... Um, strange new worlds um and for that matter they showed some what i what i believe is new footage from like mission impossible 7 some other things like that um but as i recall maybe you even were paying closer attention to this than i was i don't think there was a lot new on the star trek front that we didn't already know no if it I, you know usually it's it's almost tradition that they like announced one or two new show star trek shows at these uh these big investor presentations so a little surprising that they haven't, but keep in mind that I think Strangers of Worlds would make the fifth Star Trek show on the service. So right. there's already there's already a lot of Star Trek there. I, even I can't keep up with the the amount of Star Trek on this on this service. So it's probably a good thing that they they kept it to uh, just an update to something that's coming that we know about, as opposed to you know brand new Star Trek properties. They definitely highlighted the fact that they appreciate the Star Trek fandom and the fervor of that fan base. Um, but I think to your point, yeah, maybe at five or however many titles, you know, a half dozen Star Trek dedicated titles, maybe that's the point of saturation um, within within that fan base for one particular service. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And yes, I am looking forward to Halo. Joan, thank you for your time. You can check out all of our Paramount Plus coverage at CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by handing to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.